Father, as we come to your word this morning, Holy Spirit, do something. Do something in our hearts. Something deep, something profound, something powerful, something life-changing. God, that today will be a day of decision. We make a decision that changes our future and the future of others. God, give us power and anointing and um, determination, God, to make a decision today that will change our lives forever. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Well, I want to welcome in uh, those online and all our campuses today. Welcome to... uh, once I've finished all these, let's give them a shout and a clap. I want to welcome in uh, Kaitaia and Whangarei, our city campus, west, of course, Rotorua, Sydney, and uh, Tuvalu. They're probably not in line, but we want to give them a shout. Come on, let's welcome them in this morning. Great to have you all with us. Awesome. <clears throat> we are one big family together. So great to have you all on board with us today. You know, my parents worked incredibly hard. They had a a fruit shop in Simon Street. Some of you know about that. They worked unbelievably hard. And and actually, the kids, we also worked unbelievably hard. Uh, We worked six days a week before school, after school, during our holidays. Uh, I think I was 17 before I had my first proper holiday anywhere. And that's okay because it taught me some good things. But as a result of my parents and us kids, actually, as well, working so hard, my parents made some money, enough money, so when they passed on, we received an inheritance, received a financial legacy. And so the way they lived their lives blessed me and, of course, blessed generations to come. Every one of us will leave a legacy that will affect future generations. It's a really important principle that I want us to dig into today because What we need to understand is that no man is an island. So think about this. The way you live, doesn't matter what age you are, is going to influence thousands of people. Thousands. Those around you immediately, your family, your friends, your relatives. But in years to come, and even after you've passed, the way you live is the most important thing about you because the legacy you leave is going to be ongoing for years, decades, even centuries. You think of William Booth, hundreds of years ago. The way he lived still influences me today, influences how I live, things that he said. You know, a moment of faith will do more than a month yelling at God. You know, that's, that's his, his legacy. Lives on hundreds of years. Thousands of years, quite frankly, it just goes on and on. So it's, uh, it's something that we need to uh, think about for all, all, of our, all of our lives of how we're going to go about doing this for ourselves. So, because we're going to leave a legacy in, in different areas. So you, you can leave a legacy of, um, you know, a great family, which was fantastic. You leave a financial legacy for people to come. You can leave a legacy of community outreach and good works. You know, family that you do good works. So you can leave a legacy of helping your kids do well in sport. <clears throat> all good legacies, <clears throat> not against any of those. But the greatest legacy of all <clears throat> is to leave a spiritual legacy of a life that was lived for God in loving Him and serving Him. 
and worshiping him. That is the greatest legacy possible for any human being on this planet to ever leave others. <clears throat> Look at 2 Chronicles uh, 17, 3 to 4. It says this, The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father, David. Stop right there. Jehoshaphat loved God. Why? Because his father did. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. But not only did that, it also says he did not seek the Baals. He didn't go after other gods, but sought the God of his father and walked in the, his commandments. So this is what a legacy. Jehoshaphat walked in the ways of God and of his father. You see, if we love God, serve God, worship God, we're going to inspire those around us our children, and generations to come to live for God and love him. And so how many of you know that that would be the greatest thing you'd want to pass on to yeah, other people? Right. Generations of, of Jesus lovers and Jesus followers. So <clears throat> this is what I want to say today. Don't live for yourself. Don't live for yourself. Live for the influence you're going to have on others because that's really what you're going to leave behind in years to come. So success for me is not just what I do. Yeah, I can run a church. I can build a church. Great. Good. good. It's a good thing to do. I'm far more interested in something else. What legacy will I leave? Will those who come after me, will they be lovers of God? Will they be worshippers of God? Will they be servants of God? Will they pursue the call of God upon their lives? Will they carry the flame of God across our nation and the nations of the world? What, that, that, that's the legacy I want to leave behind, friends. You know, so I want to go beyond success to influence. I want to go beyond success to legacy. What am I going to leave behind? And friends, it's a question we've got to all ask ourselves on a regular basis. What legacy will I leave behind? Now, this taunting, before I go any further, this subject can be really taunting. And it can be like, oh my gosh. Because, you know, and we can feel we can't do this because we all have struggles, we have weaknesses, we have battles, we've had failures. Anybody here ever made, made, failed at anything? Anyone here ever made, made a mistake? You know, and some are saying, we don't, man, I'm just not a very good, strong Christian. And so when I hear things, this stuff about legacy, like I'm freaking out. Look, God doesn't condemn you. God understands where you're at right now, okay? And he knows your battles and struggles, but do not let that stop you doing everything you can to leave the best possible legacy for those around you and for generations to come. See, the enemy would try and speak into our minds and say, hey, don't even bother about legacy because you are such a, a weak Christian. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You can, I know I, listen, I know that you can leave a great legacy. I know you can do that. God has put you in it. God has put it in you. He chose you from the foundation of the world. He knows you can do this. Tell the person next to you, you can leave a great spiritual legacy. <laughs> we have the ability to pass on righteousness to others or unrighteousness. It's a really scary thought, isn't it? It scares me. But uh, see, this message that I'm sharing with you today is really all about the huge influence the way you live have, has on other people. Yeah. 
Plan your legacy. Plan it. Begin it now. Don't just leave a will, leave a legacy. Think about your legacy because you're writing it every day. You're living it out every single day. Christianity is never more than one generation from extinction. Let me read you some tragic verses of Scripture. Found in Judges chapter 2, verse 7 and verse 10. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Watch this. And all that generation had been gathered to their fathers. Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. The generation after Joshua did not follow after God. A very poor legacy, a weak legacy was left. I don't know what happened, but these are the facts. Christianity is never more than one generation from extinction. And friends, something we need to understand is that, you know, generation X, Y, and Z, they're age 10 to 57. But generation Z, age 10 to 25, more than any other generation, is demonstrating a permanent and downward trend away from a religious identity. A permanent and dangerous trend. This is the age from 10 to 25 in particular. The others are not exempt from but that group in particular. You know, Barna Research from coming out of the United States, they surveyed 2,000 adults from four major uh, denominations, major groups. And as they served them, they found that in all of them, all of these, including your Pentecostal charismatics, showed a clear trend away from the teachings of the Bible towards a more secular worldview. So there's coming, friends, a departure from the essential foundations of biblical truth. You remove truth from the life of a Christian, they are going to struggle massively to live the life that God wants to live. You cannot edit the Bible. You cannot choose the parts you like and dismiss the parts you don't like. You can't say, I don't agree with that because it doesn't feel right to me. It's nothing about what feels right to you, friends. It's what God says is right and what God says is wrong. We've got to hold to biblical truth. Let me give you some statistics that will shock you. 52% do not believe, 52% of this Christians do not believe that the Bible is inerrant, that means without mistakes, or trustworthy in content. 52% of Christians. They, they, really, they think, yeah, that's the good book. I read it a bit, but hey, I'm not sure about all of it and certainly can't put my whole trust in it. I put some trust in it, but not all my trust is going to go there. 75% believe people are basically good, not sinful. Oh, my gosh. Why did Jesus come and die on a cross? 72, 75%. The majority of evangelicals do not believe it's important to follow the Christian faith exclusively. You can add a few others on. It's okay. Friends, the trend is one more. 40% do not believe human 
life is sacred. This trend away from fundamental, essential biblical truths is frightening to say the least. We have to fight, friends. We have to fight against what is taking place. We have to pray. And hey, we've got to use our influence, especially with our kids, to make sure that, that, that they don't buy into some of these truths because there's a powerful forces out there, friends, saying that this book cannot really be trusted, that this book is not the foundation of all truth. No, we can adjust truth according to what we feel society is saying to us. And so that's the battle that we're facing uh, in this whole area. That's why legacy becomes so important. I want to leave a legacy where those who know me or follow me and my children believe you know, this book from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, is the, the Word of God. I want a generation after me that's not going to edit the Word of God. It's not going to take up secular worldviews, going to believe what the Bible teaches and what the fundamental essentials of Christianity are going to remain in their life. That's the kind of legacy I want to leave. You know, everything we do is a seed sown into the next generation. Oh, my goodness. Everything we do. So if I sow godly living, serving God, worshiping, getting to church, praying, they are seeds sown into those around me and generations to come. If, God forbid, (laughs) if I live a lukewarm life, I compromise, I gossip, Everyone say gossip. Mm. Criticize. Everyone say criticize. Mm-hmm. And none of you do this, I'm sure. But if you do, or you have bro- broken relationships or unforgiveness, they are seeds sown into the next generations and into the people around you. We've got to guard the seeds that we sow, friends, because they have an impact. No man lives to himself. You can't, you, you can't sin alone. If you sin, it influences, if you compromise, it influences so many people around you. I'm sorry this is a pretty hard-hitting message, but I think we all know this is the truth, and we need to understand this uh, so we can live carefully our lives. Let me tell you a story about this dog (laughs) that wandered into a preacher's home. And the preacher had three boys, and the three boys loved this dog. They just fell in love with the dog. This dog had three white hairs in its tail. And so the... um, the owner finally tracked the dog down to this home. And, you know, the dog recognized the owner. And then the preacher said, but didn't you say there were, because in front of the three boys, he took those three white hairs out of the tail because he knew this was an identifying thing. He took those out. So when the man came to claim the dog, he said, but, you know, you say it's your dog, but you, didn't it have three white hairs in the tail? He said, yes, couldn't find them, so he had to leave. Left the dog with the preacher and the three boys. And this is what the preacher said. Years later, the preacher said with sadness, we kept the dog that day, but I lost my three sons for Christ. The seeds we sow have incredible influence and impact on other people. So we need to ask God to help us to to live right and do whatever we do to to, to leave a legacy God wants us to leave. You know, there's a quote, what walks in the father runs in the son. What walks in the mother runs in the daughters and sons. and it's everyone. So I don't want you to be frightened by that. But if you've got issues in your life, like an anger problem or whatever, deal with it. 
You know, we've all got issues that we, I've, got to, I've got things I've got to deal with too so they don't pass on generation to generation. But we need to realise that we do need to work on some of these things in our lives. There were two households that were surveyed in the 1700s, many years ago, all right? So this is not any of your households, all right? So don't worry about it. Campuses, don't worry about this. We're not talking about your household, all right? So the first couple, the first household, the couple, the husband and wife were drunks, they were thieves, they were adulterers. And so in their descendants, they trace their descendants, I'm not going to give you all the descendants, it's too depressing. 150 ended up in jail. There were 100 criminals, 100 drunks. They must have rounded the figures up, eh, all around. Um, 17 murderers, 60 prostitutes, and the list goes on. They sowed bad seeds, affected generations to come. Then they surveyed... Jonathan Edwards, who was a great revivalist, man of God. Him and his wife loved God, served God, lived righteous uh, lives uh, for the Lord. So they traced their descendants, and in their descendants they found 300 preachers, 295 college graduates, 30 judges, 60 doctors, 100 lawyers, and one U.S. vice president. Can you get the point? The seeds we sow have astronomical impact on the people around us and generations to come. I, I feel this message so deeply, so deeply, because I know how I live on a daily basis is impacting so many people. And I know how you live on a daily basis is impacting so many people. And you just want to make sure that impact is right. You see, Adrian, Jody, Sam, Zach, Emma, you guys, motivate me to live for God. I cannot fail them. Because I'll stand before God. So that's the motivation. That's all the motivation I need to live 100% to serve my Lord and Savior. Because that's the legacy I want to leave for generations to come. Psalm 112, verse 1 to 2, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, watch this, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. How many of you want your descendants to be mighty on the earth? There you go. Here's the key. How do you do that? You fear the Lord and delight you know, greatly in God's commandments. So you delight greatly in this book. You delight greatly in what it says. Even if you don't agree with some of it, you delight in it. And if you do, your children, your descendants are going to be mighty upon the earth. Come on, campuses. You need to give this a shout and a clap and a cheer because you want your descendants to be mighty upon the earth. It's not hard, friends. It's not hard. Fear God, love God, serve God, obey his word, do his will, and your descendants will be mighty upon the earth. That is the promise of the word of God. However, I should say at this moment in time, some of you have been doing that, and your kids are not running with God right now. Hey, hang in there. Keep praying. Keep sowing the right seeds. Keep living for Jesus and watch what God will do. The seeds in time will bear fruit. Some of those seeds are dormant. Some of those seeds are going in the wrong direction, but you've planted the seeds in them. They will bear fruit. Hang in there. Hold on. I believe your children are going to be mighty upon the earth. So move from success to significance. Do things that will live on after you. 
I love this story. <clears throat> Curtis Strange is a, a golfer. So he's playing in the Masters tournament some years ago. And he's on the 12th tee. He hits a ball. It's a beauty. It's a hole in one. Everyone know what a hole in one is? It means the ball goes off the stick and goes straight down. Now, I have never had a hole in one. Because if I ever got one, I know I'd get proud. So God says, no, you're not going to have it. <laughs> but Sam has had two. One, two. Sam's had a hole in one, but he doesn't have to worry about getting proud. So God will probably give him another one in time. <laughs> but I don't get those, all right? <laughs> I get a hole in 20 and a hole in 12 and a hole in 50, but not a hole in one. Anyway, <clears throat> this is the Masters. This is one of the big, big tournaments. So the hole in one, the place just goes insane. It's just crazy. And then he does the most unusual thing. He goes to the, 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 you know, the place where the ball is falling. He picks the ball out, out of the cup, and he throws it into the water. Now the crowd, they've gone inside. They're thinking, what on earth is going on here? Some microphones are on him, you know, heaps of microphones, uh, you know, and uh, all the reporters are there. And uh, they say to him, they say, Curtis, uh, you know, the cameras are going, the media's there, the microphone's there. Why didn't you keep it? He said, you could have left it to your children and to your grandchildren. I love his response. This is what he said, and I quote, here in this campuses, Don James in particular, <laughs> hear this? I certainly hope that when I'm gone, I have something better than a golf ball to leave my grandchildren. Take that home. Take that home. What are you going to leave your children? What are you going to leave your grandchildren? The greatest legacy we can leave, as I said, is a life that's lived fully for God. Proverbs 20, verse 7, the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. This pastor tells the story of walking into his grandfather's home, and there he would be. Bible on the table and diligently reading it. That impacted this pastor's parents. So the parents would then, of course, pass their faith on to this pastor's parents. And then he said, they pass their faith on to us. And he said, we, has part, we hope to pass the legacy to our children. He said, my grandparents were not rich by world standards but they were rich towards God. Can I speak to every person in this room and under the sound of my voice? Let your children, your grandchildren, and others see you reading this book. Please, just do it. The impact on them will be beyond belief because they'll wonder, what on earth are you doing reading this? Especially if you'd read it on a regular basis. Let your children and grandchildren see you praying. Let them see it. Maybe around the table, however you didn't know. Let them see you, let them see you worshiping God. This is legacy, friends. Children listen with their eyes. They don't care what you say. They just watch what you do. Now, sure, we're gonna fail, we're gonna mess up, we're not gonna get it right all the time. But as I said before, don't let that stop you doing your very best. That's all God said. God said, just tell the person next to you, do your best to leave a good legacy. Go on, just tell them. Some people need to hear that. Just do your best. You're not going to be perfect. 
You will mess up. You will get it wrong at times, but that doesn't matter. Do your best in these areas. 2 Timothy 1.5. When I call to remembrance a genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is also in you. You know, we admire Timothy, don't we? What a great man of God he was. A lot of credit goes to his mother and his grandmother who passed on their faith to their son. And, uh, you know, we, we won't see the fruit of our ministry. You know, what you see in this lifetime as a result of your ministry is, is minor compared to the true impact in generations to come that only eternity will reveal. See, I'm interested in how the next generations are going to serve God after me and generations after them and generations after them. Then I, God will show me one day the fruit of my ministry that because of the short few years I had on this earth, I lived for God with all of my heart. My influence went to hundreds and thousands of people way beyond my generation to generations to come. That will be the fruit of my ministry. If I focus on just what I do here and now, that's such a small vision. It's, just a, it's probably only 5% of my true fruit. That's my, I made that up. Adrian says I make up statistics all the time, and it's true, I do. <clears throat> I just made that one up. <clears throat> but let's just say it's, it's so minor. It's so minor. Can you get it? Compared to your legacy. <clears throat> we focus on this little bit of years that we've got here, and, but we need to look beyond that. I love the story of Jonathan Edwards, that great revivalist. After he died... His wife, Sarah, wrote to her daughter, Esther, after his death and said, what shall I say? I quote, talking about her husband, a holy, and a, good, a holy and a good God, she says this verse, has covered us with a dark cloud, but my God lives and he has my heart. Oh, what a legacy my husband and your father has left us. We are all given to God. That's the legacy. You want to leave. Do your best to leave it. Trust God if it's not quite going the way you want to, but God can help you to do that. You know, some of you have <clears throat> been raised in Christian homes, and usually that's a good thing. <laughs> usually it's a good thing. And um, so you have seeds in you, good seeds in you, that some of us have had to fight for with everything we've got. You know, I fight some things in my life to this day because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And I went down pathways that I should never have gone down. And so I have to battle for some of these things. So if you've been raised in a Christian home, that's good. <clears throat> but having, having said that, you know, I was raised in a home with uh, generations of Hindu worshippers. And... Uh, God is greater than any legacy you may have been left by your parents or your grandparents. And so my legacy, I gave my life to Jesus. The cycle has been broken. God, is, God has rescued me from the jaws of hell, planted my feet upon the rock, and I have the greatest honor and the greatest privilege offered to any human being upon the planet to now raise up a generations of Jesus lovers, Jesus servants, Jesus followers, Jesus worshippers. That's my privilege. That's, that's what my life is about, friends. Plucked from the jaws of hell. And I'll raise up every ounce of strength God gives me. Generations, hopefully, of Jesus worshippers. Can I encourage you? Pray daily for your children. 
Pray daily for your children. Can we say that together? Pray daily for your children. Say it again. Pray daily for your children. They are your inheritance. They are your legacy. Pray for them. Don't just presume all will be well. How often you hear, if someone gets saved here, and you know, we hear the stories come back, say, oh, you know, his grand, the grandfather was a Christian, or you know, their mother was a Christian, or this relative, the uncle was a Christian. That's legacy, friends. That's legacy. You know, that's the fruit. You know, the grandfather, great-grandfather, gone, long gone, but they're still getting saved decades later. Decades later, they're still coming to Christ. That's legacy, friends. Wow, we can all leave that kind of a legacy. I believe we can do that. So the fruit, what I'm saying here, your fruitfulness, don't judge it by what you see on this life. It's going it's to multiply in the years to come. So as I wrap this up, 2 Chronicles 6, verse 42 O Lord God, do not turn away your face, the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant David. Remember David followed the Lord with all his heart. Then 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1, when Solomon had finished praying, he's dedicating the temple, all right? He said, remember your servant David. Uh, uh, He finished praying. Fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Take note, David is dead, all right, gone. But he was a servant of God. He loved God. He left a great legacy. He's dead. Solomon's praying at the temple, and all he says is, remember your servant David. When he does this, the next thing that happens is the glory of God fills the temple. That, my friends, is legacy. That is legacy. That's the influence of the father. Years and years, oh boy, that's his son. He's gone. Remember David. Don't you hope your kids say that? Don't you hope your kids, children, grandchildren say that? Remember your father. Remember your grandfather. This is moving stuff, friends. So as I close, choose today the legacy you're going to leave. The former US President Ronald Reagan, devout Christian. His son Michael, after his death, said this at this funeral. He said, on a flight, his father told him about his love for God and of Christ as Savior. Michael said, I didn't know at that time. This maybe some of your kids may be like that. I didn't know what it all meant back then, you know, love for God, Christ as Savior. He said, but I certainly know now. He said, I can't think of a better gift for a father to give a son. I hope to honor my father by giving my children, Cameron and Ashley, the same gift he gave me. So let's make a decision today that we are going to be like Joshua. 24 verse 15. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Say it together, friends. Campuses, say it together, please. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's say that last bit again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I sense the pleadings of the Godhead today. To me and to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be careful how you live. Your influence is so vast. You might say, I'm, but a, I'm but just a nobody. No, no, no one's a nobody. You have friends, you have relatives, you have parents, you have you know, whatever. Be careful how we live. Don't be condemned, but let's do our very, very best, knowing that how we live today is influencing 
and will continue to influence so, so many people. Thank you, campuses, uh, for joining with us today. Enjoy the rest of your service. Amen.